Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. And now, direct from Las Vegas. Welcome to Football Forecast Weekly. Each week, your host, Trip Mitchell, will introduce you to the top handicapper in Vegas, Dennis Tobler, and one of the top sportscasters in the U.S., Fred Wallen. Today's edition of Football Forecast Weekly is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. For the best in sports betting, go to MyBookie.ag, and you can win just like Dennis, Fred, and me. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Football Forecast Weekly. My name is Dennis Tobler, and I'll be standing in this week for Trip Mitchell, who's out on medical leave. It's next man up on Football Forecast Weekly, but I have with me Fred Wallen and myself. We will dissect these football games and give you the winners as we do each and every week. And now I want to introduce you to one of the smartest handicappers and sports analysis guys in the country, as well as the best sports anchor or sports host on the radio, Mr. Fred Wallen. Fred, how are you today? Uh, I think we're all getting older. I got to tell you that. And, uh, and Tripp's, of course, the oldest of the three. So uh, he's out this week. I'm sure he'll be back uh, next week. Uh, you know, my career is sort of interesting in that uh, I started calling talk shows, not sports talk shows, because there weren't any when we were kids. It was just political talk shows, Joe Pine and people like that nationally in Southern California and um, maybe at the age of 13 or 14. In fact, uh, the man who owned Midnight on KBC radio in Los Angeles, Steve Allison, I became friends with his producer. She invited me down to like do an hour five or six times when I was 13 or 14. And uh, my uh, dad or mom would drive me to KBC radio and I, and I would, uh, do the show. So I got into this business very, very young. I was a nut. I tried to DX uh, radio stations, try to get them from Salt Lake City, from uh, Corvallis, from Portland, Oregon, uh, from uh, Arizona, from New Mexico. And sometimes the middle of the night, Dennis, you might remember this, when there were very few stations still on the air, I actually got KMOX a couple of times from St. Louis, which is impossible, but I got it. And one night, when KMPC 710 went off the air, I got one of the stations from Chicago. It was like I was in heaven. So radio has been my thing since like, you know, the age of 10, 11, or 12. I have to say the same thing. I had a, a transistor radio and I listened to the ball games when I lived in the Midwest as a young man all over the country. And at night I could tune it in and sometimes get Philadelphia, sometimes get the West, but it was great. And I have to say, you on uh, Sports Overnight America program, you are great talent on that show. It's every Friday and Saturday night on Sirius XM and heard around the country on all stations. So when Fred's on, you want to make sure you pay close attention. And Fred's on every Friday and Saturday night. And I'm going to be his guest this week, so we most definitely want you to listen in 
on SiriusXM, and we'll give you the details at the end of the show. Okay, I think it's time to talk a little football. What do you think? That's a good idea. All right, I noticed the first thing that popped into my head this week is we've got four teams that are laying double digits this weekend on a shortened bi-week schedule. So I thought we'd take these games one at a time and see if any of the underdogs stand a chance. The first uh, game on the board is the, the Washington football team at Green Bay to take on the revamped Packers. Line opened at seven and a half, went to nine and a half. It's 10 this morning. It'll be 10. So that's double digits. I know you hate those kind of games. That's why I decided we'd throw out the four big favorites to start with and get them out of the way for you. I think of the four, this one has a shot at Green Bay covering based on the fact that, you know, Rodgers, since the first game, has been nearly perfect. He's been unbelievable. He's so unbelievable that if he's forgotten somebody one game, he'll go to him certainly the next. Like Valdez caught up three or four passes last week after being shut out the week before. So it's not even a question of one guy getting open, any of them get open and all of them get open and he'll find them. And so this is the one I think that uh, uh, might cover. And also, you know, David Mills, I saw him play at Stanford a year, a year and a half. Uh, not a bad quarterback. It's just that he doesn't have a lot of talent around him and uh, throws a lot of lollipops up there. So this is the game. And also I think Green Bay right now, and people may not uh, believe this, uh, based on some of the analytics, fifth rated defense in the National Football League. So they might hold Houston down. So this is the one I think that where Rodgers may throw three or four touchdown passes and maybe they'll win 31 to seven or something like that. Well, I agree with you on uh, on it too. I mean, there's no way I would take Washington plus the points in this situation. It looks like Green Bay has to put it all together. And yeah, they have a decent defense. Washington, I don't think, can score I, I mean they've scored a few times this year but they just have way too many problems I, I see I see an easy Green Bay win here and I think the public's going to jump on it too you know I, so, I just made a mistake uh, I thought I I was using Houston uh, Heineke for Washington and of course he he's been up and down but it, that's the one I knew what you meant but but I, I want the people out there to understand that we're old guys. Once in a while, we'll, we'll make a blunder. But uh, Washington, of course, has uh, won a couple of times. But and Heineke is not a bad quarterback. He's just up and down. So again, I think Rodgers may throw three or four touchdown passes, and I think they they might cover the spread. But it's not a game that personally I'd call my bookie or call one of the the websites and, and wager on because I will not. If you bet, if you give up double digits in the National Football League you're going to lose between two out of three times and three out of four times, like 70% of the time. So I learned that a long time ago and I won't be burnt again, but this is of the four because Rogers is playing so well. This is the one I think that would have the best shot of covering a double digit spread. Well, I don't know about the best shot, but I do agree with you on green Bay on, and the points. The next one here is a, uh, one you can explain to us very well because it's the Detroit Lions on the road to play the Rams. And you, of all people, know the fabulous trade of quarterbacks between these two teams. So you can explain a little bit about that. And then I hate to tell you this, but the line opened at 13 and a half. It's now 16. So um, it may be 17 by game time in the NFL. So there you have it, the Rams minus 16. I think Jared Goff might have a good game. 
he better have a good game or he may not be starting next week. Uh, Coach Campbell has indicated, you know, when, when you're up there doing a media conference and you mentioned the quarterback out there, you're sort of putting him out there alone. So it's up to Goff to, to have a good game. And I just have a hunch he'll play pretty well. Uh, so it might be a high scoring game. Uh, but again, if you're going to get 15, 16 or 17 points, no, never. And it's just you're going to lose if you if you do that most of the time in the National Football League. You know, when I thought when the trade was you got to understand, folks, they gave up two number ones to get Goff and they gave up two number ones to get rid of Goff. So they've given up four number one picks the Rams have uh, for Stafford and Stafford's a good quarterback. He's played well. But Goff in the past has played well. I got into the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Uh, Stafford's bigger, uh, but Goff was a fine quarterback at Cal. But again, I, I think Goff will play well here back at home. And, uh, and I also think McVay sort of feels guilty. If you've been reading what he's been saying this week, he sort of didn't treat Goff too well at the end. And Goff had no idea that the trade was going to be made and McVay didn't ever warn him. So maybe he'll back off a little bit too. So, uh, the Rams will win, but I think Goff might play well. Yeah, I, I I might be in your corner on this one. As we remember back, Detroit lost two games on last-second field goals, and then last week they came out dead as a board against Cincinnati at home when everybody thought they might have a chance. Well, the fact of the matter is they may have been looking ahead. At least Goff may have been looking ahead because this is a big game between these two quarterbacks. And I look for the, the Rams to air it out big. But when you're talking about 16 or 17 points in the NFL, that's a ton of points. Interesting fact here, the total is 50. So, you know, what does it have to be, 40 to 10 or something like that to cover the line? It just sounds a little bit outrageous. So here again, I'm with you on the betting side of this, but I'm in a situation where I have to pick five games a week for two separate contests here in Las Vegas, shooting for the million dollar prizes. So this kind of a card is just a uh, influx situation for a guy like me. What do you bet? What do you put on the contest? What do you stay away from? And, and when you got four or five big favorites, it makes it that much harder. Okay, let's, get, let's head on down. We know that's the quarterback battle there, and they'll talk about that all week. Whoever wins that Rams game and has the best quarterback statistics. But it's interesting what you said about the coach of the Rams, because if he does have a little sympathy for golf, that might make a little difference. Otherwise, the other quarterback wants to take it and throw it away, you know, win by 40. So it's a tough game to call, and I'm with you on that one. Here's another one we may agree on. I'm not sure. The Houston Texans, probably the last team in the league, is at Arizona this week playing the hottest team and the only undefeated team left in the NFL in the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Kyler Murray last week outplayed his counterpart from Oklahoma. Uh, I can't even think of his name. Help me out. Who's the quarterback of the Browns? Mayfield. Mayfield. So we've got two Heisman Trophy winning Oklahoma quarterbacks playing last week and Mayfield gets beat at home tremendously bad by Kyrie Irving or Kyrie Kyrie Murray. <laughs> Murray. Talk about senior moments here. I want to know why all these guys are named Kyrie and I want to know why they're all named Jared or Jared. You know, uh, that's just, 
It must have been the, the generation. So anyway, back to the game. Look, the Arizona Cardinals defense has got everybody buffaloed. They're not big. They don't play in formation, and they run all over the field. So that's what's kind of causing the, the havoc for these other teams. And Mayfield couldn't, couldn't play with them, couldn't even keep up with them. Um, I listened to Murray on the TV this morning, and he is exuding confidence. He just says that his team, all of them are on the same page. They've been a year and a half working on trying to get to the same page. And now it's just fun in that locker room because offense, defense, everybody's after the same thing. When you have a team like that playing that well and can win by two, three touchdowns on the road, you've got some kind of a, a thing going on. And the Cardinals here, Here's one for you, Fred. Open at 14 and a half, immediately jumped to 17, and now it's 18 and a half. You know, I, I, play, fa I play fantasy. And, and like I mentioned about the Packers, uh, he's got so many weapons, uh, Murray does, that um, I think this will be the week for Green. Kirk caught last week, Hopkins caught last week. Green again for two weeks in a row has almost been forgotten. This is the week because they're going to be way out in front. They're going to have some fun with it, I think. Green might catch a touchdown or two if you're playing fantasy, folks. But 18 and a half is way, way uh, too many for yours truly. Well, I'm not going to bet the game at 18 and a half, but Arizona's going to cover the 18. 28 to 10 is 18. They'll, they'll score 40 against Houston. Houston cannot score. We've tried to give them some credit along the way this year but we've simply been stabbed in the back every time we say anything good about them. So I think in this situation, Arizona is going to blow them away. And by the way, folks, in these kind of situations, when you take these kind of games in contest plays and you lose them, you're out of the contest because most people don't touch them. They're like Fred. They're well-educated, well-experienced, and they know to go somewhere else. Okay. The final team that's favored by double digits and you might expect this the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 10 and a half point they open they're now 13 against the Chicago Bears and Tampa Bay's at home and they just seem to keep on rolling I think a lot of this has to do if it's uh, the good fields or the bad fields if it's the good fields Chicago probably can play this close if it's the bad fields they got no shot because again Brady's got so many weapons as wide receiver that it's hard to believe. And also for Nets running so hard now uh, that uh, you know, Chicago does not have a bad defense, but for Nets being a, playing better than we thought he might at this point of the season. And again, the wide receivers are everywhere. Um, I, 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 the, the addition of Antonio Brown certainly has helped Brady. They're very, Brady's very tight with him. So, he's going to catch some passes. There's no question. The other two certainly are, of course. So uh, it's, it depends on fields. It, you know, he's been up and down at Ohio state. I mean, he's had some down moments too, but mostly all up at Ohio state, but this is the NFL. So again, let's see what happens. Uh, Tampa's defense uh, maybe be slightly relaxed because it is the bears and they're supposed to win by two touchdowns. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think uh, in this game, there's a possibility the, of a cover here. I think 13 is too many points. Tampa Bay really is just coasting along. They have a great defense. But the Bears did come into Las Vegas 
a couple of weeks ago and beat the Raiders straight up. And then the Raiders go to Denver and knock off their conference foe the next week. So Chicago is capable of it because they held the Raiders to two field goals. So, or three. So um, if they play a tough defense and, and they go down there and I don't blame fields as much as I blame the coach, the coach has got to set some plays up that's designed for his personnel and and I feel sorry for that feels actually because sometimes he's walking off the field and I know he wants to shake his head and go oh my god but he doesn't do it he has the he does have some good poise and I do think he will be a quarterback but we're talking about different quarterbacks always too look at the Kyler Murray's and 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 the fields and all of them coming up as compared to to Ben and Tom Brady and them, you know, there's two different kinds of quarterbacks. You got to use your quarterbacks in your in your offensive system that will complement your offensive system. And I don't think the coach for the Bears quite has that down yet. But anyway, 13 points here on the road. We're going to both go with the Bears and take it and see what happens. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back and finish off this NFL card right after this short break. Get the latest breaking news in the sports betting world. My bookie monitors and releases information pertaining to online sports books and professional football. The good as well as the bad. Welcome back to Football Forecast Weekly, everyone. My name is Dennis Tober. I'm here with Fred Wallen, and we're dissecting this weekend's NFL games for you. We started with the top four double-digit favorites and got a few laughs along the way on those so let's get down to the serious games now uh first one on the board is the carolina panthers on the road to take on the giants the hapless giants carolina's a two and a half point favorite and manfred they started the year three and oh and since then they've just been a dump well mccaffrey thought he's gonna come back two weeks ago then he thought and i thought he's gonna come back last week now he's on ir for three weeks so uh, that makes a major difference, not having one of the best uh, running backs and all around players in the league. But two and a half is a small enough number. Darnold's going to have a big game. Now, again, you know, not the Jets here, the Giants, but it's sort of back home where he was for three years. I think he's going to have a big game against uh, a team like the Giants, who, uh, again, uh, injuries, injuries, and injuries. Barkley's not going to play. Uh, Galladay is not going to play so their best two possibilities on offense aren't going to be there I think Carolina will cover the two and a half point spread okay I don't know what's in the air today but I agree with you uh, I'm going to add something to this and that is the the total on this game started at 44 and a half and probably because of the injuries is down to 43. I expect it to go down more before game time, but you're absolutely right about the giants. Not only are they hurt, but they're in deep trouble when it comes to defense and Carolina has played even without McCaffrey well enough to win some of these games, some bad breaks along the way, but the Carolina defense will be the difference here. They'll hold New, New York way down, and, and they should score enough to cover the points. I'm going to take Carolina in this one, too, and lay the two-and-a-half points. So let's move on down to another classic game featuring a New York team, the New York Jets versus the New England Patriots. The Patriots opened to seven, moved to seven-and-a-half. How do you see it, Fred? Jets won't win. 
so if you want to, if you want to bet the money line on the Patriots, go right away. But seven and a half, uh, you know, Mac Jones uh, had a big game in the loss. Sometimes after those, you have a bit of a letdown. And again, in their heads, it's the Jets, the Jets. So uh, I think the Patriots will find a way to win. I don't see Belichick going two and five. So, but again, I'm not giving seven and a half, uh, a team that may or may not uh, uh, be totally up for this game, but the money line, the Pats will win. Okay, I agree with you on that. And I think I agree all the way around. Seven and a half is too many points for the New England Patriots. Um, the Jets actually have a chance in this one. Uh, New England gave it everything they had last week. And I have to give them credit. They played very well. But I'm with you on the quarterback and everything else. And I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to take the Jets plus seven and a half here just because I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. 42 is the total. I mean, it's going to take a lot to cover eight to be a winner on the Patriots. So I'm going to take the Jets plus the seven and a half, too. Okay, let's move on down to the Miami Dolphins and the Atlanta Falcons. And I seem to find now the very worst teams in the league to throw at you. After the best teams in double digits, I'm throwing the worst ones at you. The Falcons, two weeks back from London. Miami back from London this last weekend. Uh, Miami uh, on the week ahead line was a two and a half point favorite. But after everything shook out over the last two weeks, Atlanta opened as a one point favorite. And now the Falcons are two and a half points on the road. And we know that the Dolphins are in injury prone problems too. But uh, what do you think of this one? Can Matty Ice pull it off on the road playing two and a half? Well, the first thing you'd think of Miami lost last week to a team that can't win, except they did. Uh, so so <laughs> that's the first thing. The second thing, Falcons aren't much better. So Fred's passing on this game, <laughs> and, he won't, and he won't even watch it on uh, the Sunday ticket. Uh, I, it, it's hard to believe that these two teams are this badly. And again, I don't know who, on different ratings, uh, uh, Atlanta is like 29th or 30th worst team in the league. And of course, Miami's right there. Tua did not play badly last week. I saw it on tape. Uh, so I can't even blame him uh, necessarily. Although his backup is, is probably better uh, per set. Uh, Fred's passing on this one. And folks, if you have a strong thought on that, I'm sorry about, I am sorry for you. There's no way you can have us. These teams are just horrible. Well, take the easy way out. Why don't you? <laughs> no play. <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with the public here. I mean, whenever, whenever a, a, a team's favorite at home and moves away from being favorite at home to the underdog being uh, the run, the once underdog road team being favored by two and a half, I'm going to go with that public move. I think Atlanta's playing better on offense. I think they can outscore Miami, even though it is in Miami. And I do think that the trips to London and back disrupt everybody's teams. And not only for a week, but maybe for a couple of weeks. So I think maybe Atlanta's in the best position to, to catapult a forward uh, with some promise. And the way the lines come out and the money's moved the Falcons way, I'm going to lay the two and a half, take the Falcons. And uh, seriously consider that as a contest play this week. So there you go. Somebody with an opinion on it, Fred. Uh, next game up, uh, 
Let me take a deep look here. The Kansas City Chiefs, another road favorite. Five and a half points, open to three and a half points against the Tennessee Titans. Of course, the Titans coming off their big win over Buffalo. They did the same thing to Buffalo that Pittsburgh did. So the Titans are go from a three and a half point underdog to a five and a half underdog point underdog at home. It makes little sense to me because Kansas City has no defense. No, I, I, I agree. And I found something out this uh, week, early in the week, that I would have no idea. Since Ryan Tannehill has taken over as the Titans quarterback in 219, they've played 16 games, 16 games, and six games this year, it's 38 games. Nine times in the fourth quarter, he has led the team to victory. Now, somebody would have asked me on a radio show, which quarterback has led his team in three years to, not, to nine victories in the fourth quarter? I might have guessed Aaron Rodgers. I, under no circumstance would I have guessed Ryan Tannehill. Nine times, repeat that, folks, nine times out of 38 games, he's led his team to victory in the fourth quarter. I'm taking the points. That's an interesting statistic because I call him Granny Hill. Uh, I think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, and he's lucky he has the running back to get him down the field so he can win these games. Anyway, they have a huge rushing game. Uh, I was so impressed with the Titans last week. I think they've, they've turned it around. They played some tough defense. I'm going to say this about Kansas City. They're not going back to the Super Bowl. I mean, yes, Mahomes came through and pulled them out of the weeds last week on the road, but their defense is just lousy. And I think the Titans will do just what they did to Buffalo and just what you and I predicted last week, run the ball all day, keep it away from Mahomes, just like they did uh, uh, keep it away this last week. And uh, they'll come away with the win here. I don't, I don't see the Chiefs being a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I think they'll be lucky to win. This will definitely be one of my contest picks. I'm taking the Titans plus the five and a half. Write it down, folks, because you're not going to get many of my contest picks on the air. Okay, moving on down the road. Oh, let's see if we can find another interesting one. Have we talked about the Bengals and the Ravens? No. The no. Ravens are seven-point home favorites over the Bengals who destroyed Detroit last week. And the Ravens have to be one of the top five teams in the league. Fred, home team, seven-point favorite. What's your take? Last four times these teams have met, the Ravens have won by 137 to 36, 25 points per game. But that said, I'm taking the other side. Wow. I'm, taking, I'm taking Burrow to cover the touchdown here. Uh, again, I, I just think that uh, he has turned into a top-notch quarterback. He found wide receiver Chase, who's people may not know this, but he's one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league. He'll find some holes. I'll take the touchdown and assume that uh, this will be a downside uh, for the other side. So I'm taking uh, the Bengals against Baltimore. Well I can see I can see your thought process in that, and uh, the Ravens at minus seven uh, just seems like the perfect number to me on this game. So I may take a pass on this one. I do want to 
tell the people out there that the total opened at 48. It's down to 46 right now. The Ravens haven't been scoring like they usually do. They've been kicking a lot of field goals. But Lamar is in the running for MVP. Uh, I can't see him losing this game. I'm going to have to see another game out of Cincinnati to see if they're coming along or not because Detroit was no test whatsoever for them. So in this game, I'm going to pass. I'm going to take the Fred route out and pass on Baltimore Ravens. Okay, now here's another interesting game that's really got them psyched up here in Las Vegas. The Eagles are coming to town. The Raiders are three-point favorites at home here after their demolition of Denver, which caught everybody off guard because the point spread went from three to six on that game, and Denver fell flat on their face. And I can tell you one thing about watching that Denver team, they don't have it. Dennis, my uh, great, great, great grandfather, Brett Maverick, once told me, never go by a team's best performance or their worst performance. Last week, the Raiders, I guarantee you, had their best performance of the 16-game season. Eagles up and down. Fred would not bet a nickel on this game either way, because in reality, you got two bad teams. So Fred's taking another pass. And, and again, you can't judge any. All I'm saying, folks, is do not judge anything on one game. Let's, let's see five or six. And remember now, last week the Raiders played a spectacular game. The week before they played horribly. They're in between. They're not that high and they're not that low. Cars up and down, pass. Well, I, I, the one thing that we've said over and over again is so hard to get a handle on the Philadelphia Eagles that I, you just don't know what they're going to do. I'm going to continue to say the Las Vegas Raiders are hurt. They have a terrible offensive line. Both of their cornerback, cornerbacks are out. And uh, I have no idea how they won that game against Denver, only because of Denver's incompetence. That's the only way the Raiders won. Now, we went back to those, those wounded duck passes of Derek Carrs, and by God, he caught him, and he leads the NFL in yards gained passing. He's at the top of the league in yards gained passing, Derek Carr. Now, I don't believe he can continue to do that for the rest of the season. I think the defensive coordinators will catch up. I also think that maybe the team was a little pissed off and psyched up about their coach having to take a sabbatical. And maybe they were going to win one for him. I don't know. But I think the, the bigger problem was the Denver Broncos. They're poorly coached. They have no confidence. And their defense is not playing like I thought they would play, especially Von Miller. I think he might be over the hill. I hate to say it. He can make line of scrimmage tackles. But I don't know if he even had one sack last week. And that's when they needed him was last week. So um, I'm with you on a tough game to call here. But if I had to make a selection in this one, I'm going to take the Eagles plus the three points. I don't know why. <laughs> so there's your analysis, folks. You can take it from there. We've got two more games to take a look at, and they're the evening game on, on Sunday evening, the Indianapolis Colts at the San Francisco 49ers. The 49ers opened five and a half last week. Now they're down to three and a half or four. I look for them to land right on four. So take it from there, 49ers minus four over the Colts. 
this is Fred's game of the week. I think the Colts will not only cover, the Colts will win straight up. 49ers have a good defense, but nobody, if you saw Jonathan Taylor run in Wisconsin, and I have the Heisman vote, I don't, I don't, I think I voted him second or third his, his final season at Wisconsin. He is one of the top running backs in the National Football League. He really is. And Wentz has not been hurt for like two games. So I don't know if that means he's going to be hurt or maybe he's over, he's getting hurt. But he's played well the last three times. I think six touchdown passes the last uh, three encounters. 49ers will be going back to Garoppolo, I believe, at this point. uh, That's what they're saying, which is not necessarily a big positive. He's not a great quarterback. Uh, In my mind, he's a very good backup. I don't see him as a top-notch starter in the National Football League. Wentz versus Garoppolo, all things being equal, if Wentz could play three games in a row without getting hurt, he's a better quarterback. I'm taking the Colts straight up. Love it. Uh, the 49ers have been underachievers all year. Uh, and, and I've noticed that the Colts have decided on offense to take the ball down the field. You know, I agree with you about the running back. And Wentz has decided, you know, if he's going to throw it and he's got the time to throw it, he's going to throw it down the field. And I think he will have the time to throw it against San Francisco. I really don't know why I had San Francisco overrated this year. Maybe it was the Garoppolo deal, but I agree with you. Garoppolo is nothing better than a backup quarterback there. And I like it, man. I, I will get plus 140 on the money line or plus 145. So I'm with you. Let's take the Indianapolis Colts to win the game straight up on Sunday night. And all you people can hit your bookies for a payout the next morning. All right. All right, let's head on to the Monday night game. And this will close it out for us this week, folks. And it's a good one. The New Orleans Saints on the road to take on the Seattle Seahawks. The the week early line was the Saints three and a half point road favorites. But after Seattle's game this week, they seem to think Saints are better yet. It's up to five and a half. So the Saints are five and a half point road favorites at Seattle without Russell Wilson. We know Geno Smith will be the quarterback for Seattle. How do you see this one? Um, Geno Smith fumbled the ball and basically lost the close game last week. Top-notch athletes, and he is a top-notch athlete, have a way of coming back the week after. I don't see Seattle going two and five. I'm sorry, even without Wilson. So, and New Orleans is nothing special. But let's let's assume that, you know, Winston's not a five quarterback, five touchdown quarterback every week as he threw in the first game. He's somewhere in between. Seattle's defense is pathetic. That said, I'm still taking the five and a half in the home underdog. Um, my my opinion is exactly the same as yours. As a matter of fact, I'm probably going to play this game on the money line. I don't see where New Orleans has progressed any. I thought they were much improved after the first few games of the year, but I'm not so sure of that. And Seattle is a tough home field place to play. And Geno Smith will control the ball. Hopefully he won't fumble this week. But even though he fumbled last week, they covered. You know, they covered. And that's the name of the game. I'm going to take uh, Seattle here, and I'm going to play them on the money line. And I'm probably going to use them as a contest pick, too, because I agree with you on them. It looks like our two best games, Fred, are the late games this week, Sunday and, and you, Monday night. You know, and, and the networks have been very fortunate. I mean, 
most of them have been ex very exciting to the bitter end. I mean, you've had overtime games, you've had games that almost went to overtime, things like that. So first week, six weeks of the season, uh, you can't complain about the Thursday, uh, Sunday, or Monday night games at all. They're top notch. Yeah, they're great. And and what I like about them is they're get out games for people that lost early in the week, or they're profit games for people that won early in the week. But any way you look at it, you should be able to get out of the week with a payout with these two games being the last ones of the week. And you and I agreeing on both of them. So before we go, I would like to give everybody my 888 number where you can contact me and the TSI network if you want any information about our hedge fund betting, about our selection process. If you need a platform to play on or whatever you need, give us a call at 888-604-6863. That's 888-604-6863. And somebody will answer the phone. If you have to leave a message, leave a message but we'll get back to you and we'll explain our programs to you via the telephone where it's a little bit easier than email. So also before we go, I wanna throw in a plug for the documentary, Now Place Your Bets, The History of Sports Betting in America. It still can be viewed on vimeo.com slash now place your bets. And I really urge everyone to watch this. It'll give you a background on how sports betting got to where it is today. Fred, give us a go away, goodbye, and we'll be off for the week. I just wanted to say this uh, about last week's uh, Buffalo loss. A lot of people got down on McDermott, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, for going for the win versus going for the automatic field goal. I think he was 100% correct. The analytics would say you got a 6-4 quarterback in Josh Allen. The odds of him making a half a yard probably what, 75%, 85% to make it. The play didn't work, fine. That's not on the coach. He still did the correct thing. You're gonna lose games like that, even though the odds were in your favor. I've learned that for many, many, many years since I was a kid. My dad taught me to play poker when I was five years of age. I understand these things. So don't get on the coach in that case. He did the right thing. And, uh, and Josh Allen, by the way, before we go, nobody's playing any better than he is. I mean, he is, a uh, 6'4 guy that hurdles other guys to get a first down. His teammates but just love him. And loss or, the loss or not last week, uh, this is a team that you got to you know, think about as far as uh, the Super Bowl because uh, they're very, very talented at wide receiver positions. And their, their running backs aren't great, but there's a couple of them. You know, and uh, Zach Moss certainly can break one now and then. So uh, think about the Buffalo Bills the next 10 weeks or so. Yeah, I agree with you on the Buffalo Bills. They're a fine team. And they're, everybody's going to lose a game along the way. I mean, Arizona's the only one that has a chance to go undefeated at this point, right? <laughs> and we've got a couple of teams that have a chance of not winning a game through the whole year. So we'll see. But usually there's something in the win column and something in the loss column for every team by the end of the season. So I want to thank everybody for viewing. I want to and listening to us. I want to thank the Revolver podcast people for putting us out there. I want to thank our, our sponsor, mybookie.ag. And we'll be back again next week. Hopefully, Trip Mitchell will be able to join us and guide us through these games. We missed you, Trip. But until next week, goodbye and good luck. Now Place Your Bets, the world's number one sports betting film, is now available on DVD. Produced by Dennis Tobler, this Indie Film Fest winner has reached the top of the documentary list. 
Order your DVD today at www.nowplaceyourbets.com or stream from Vimeo today anytime. Now place your bets. Watch it today. Thank you for listening to Football Forecast Weekly, an affiliate of TSI Network. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.